It's Vancouver's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. As an entrepreneur, you started your business to follow your passion and not to spend your evenings doing bookkeeping. That's why VancouverEntrepreneur.ca uses Legacy Advantage. Let me tell you, they are a great CPA level bookkeeping firm. Let Legacy take the bookkeeping task off your hands so you can have more time to pursue your dreams. You will get peace of mind knowing that the bookkeeping is done and the tax authorities are off your back. Visit LegacyAdvantage.ca and if you mention that you came from Vancouver Entrepreneur Podcast, they will give you a $100 credit to apply towards your first month. You simply can't beat that. Hello, this is Robert Smigel coming to you today with a VancouverEntrepreneur.ca where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in British Columbia. Megan Williams is the award-winning author of our Interrupted Fairy Tale. She is also the co-author of a children's book with her award-winning 10-year-old stepdaughter, Madison. After three years of helping writers publish their books off the side of her corporate communications career, Megan launched the self-publishing agency in 2017. The agency supports indie authors in writing, publishing, and marketing their self-published books. Her clients have been featured in the New York Times, Globe and Mail, CTV, and BC Business. Well, Megan, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners. Thanks very much for having me. I'm excited to be on the show. Fantastic. Okay, well, we're really glad to have you. Okay, I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself from the intro, where you're from, and give us the details on your current business. Um, okay, well, about myself, um, I was, uh, I went down to the States for my post-secondary education. I was a division one NCAA, uh, tennis player down there and got my degree in, um, advertising in PR. And when I came back to Vancouver, which inevitably brought me home is where the heart is and came home and started working in various communications jobs. And, um, somewhere in there, life threw me a really big curveball, and the love of my life and the person I was planning on getting married to, um, passed away from an incurable blood cancer. And after he passed away, I found um, a diary that he had written um, when he had been first diagnosed when he was 26. And at the back of the diary, Chad had written, publish this book when the time is right. So while I didn't Um, Well, I have a background in communications. Writing a book was never on my list of things to do, but I gave it some serious consideration and knowing um, that Chad had hoped, he and I had talked about somehow sharing his story, I decided to write the story of us. And um, so our story is half written by Chad and it's half written by me and that is the book that I wrote and decided and after about a year's worth of research and talking to anybody who would answer any questions I have about book publishing, 
decided that the best route for me was to self-publish. And I decided, my original goal was to sell maybe a hundred copies to friends and family and my aunts and uncles. Um, and, um, it's been three, it's been, sorry, five years now and we've sold over 2,500 copies and it's been on bestseller lists. It's won an award. So it's done quite well. But what that has done for me is it's also made me understand a little bit more about the indie publishing scene and what opportunities are and are not available to people. So while I was working full time on the side, I would do the odd consulting job for other people who are looking to publish their book. And last year I was in California for some work and my friend down there said, why don't you look at putting an actual business model on this, um, the consulting that you're doing? Cause it seems as though there might be a, you've got a niche that doesn't exist yet or a support network that doesn't exist yet. And, you know, sure enough, a couple months later, the self-publishing agency was born and I was doing it as a side hustle, um, on purpose because I needed to still pay bills and I was on a big contract. And when that contract ended, the self-publishing agency had grown enough that it didn't, um, it didn't need me to go back to a full-time job and the self-publishing agency became a, it's a full-on agency now and it's my full-time gig. And I like to joke with people that I no longer work full-time. I just work all of the time. So (laughs) as I'm sure. (laughs) Yes, that is the way it is. So you went to school in the U.S.? Yes, I did. Yeah. I started off at the University of Wyoming um, and played there for two years. And then I came back home and reevaluated what I wanted to, I wasn't feeling, I wasn't doing very well in Wyoming, just emotionally and my playing wasn't getting better. So I came home and reevaluated what I wanted and I knew I needed to finish my degree and I knew I still liked tennis enough to pursue this opportunity. So I went and I finished off my degree in, at a private school in Florida. Okay. Which is a very big upgrade, I have to say, to going to do your cross-training on the beach versus walking through the January snow to go to practice in Wyoming. Okay, on your current business, did you need financing to start the company in, and how do you currently make money in the business now? I didn't need financing, but as I mentioned, I was working full-time while I was doing it on the side, so I was able to support that initial um, capital, I suppose, that's needed. But because, um, like other consulting-styled companies, um, there isn't loads of startup capital that's necessary. I didn't need an office, for example, to start getting clients. So I don't need to put forward that type of money, but I do need money to live. And that's where that full-time job came into play. And the business model now is works similarly to other consulting style businesses where you bill for hours and, um, different workshops, et cetera. So that's how it makes money now as it always has. But fortunately I was in a position where I could do it off the side of my desk to start. So I wasn't starting off the business in a financial hole. Okay. Speaking of the business model, what is the long-term vision and what will your company look like in the future? Do you see the company expanding into other areas and where beyond Vancouver, BC, or even Canada? Well, it's, it's expanded already with, while I am based in Vancouver, we have, um, some of our team is in Toronto and our clients 
are anywhere from California to Georgia to the UK, and we've got um, another client in Dubai as well. So we the service can extend across borders and time zones and countries. So that the expansion will only continue in that way as far as how we can serve our clients. Um, expansion, otherwise, we've just finalized a partnership with um, a development company and the hope with that company is that we will be able to help uh, self-published authors turn their books into movie scripts and how we can help funnel them into the system in LA and get it potentially turned into a movie. So the expansion is happening very quickly and I'm really excited about it. So that's where I see us going is just, we will grow in volume with how we can serve people, but also in our, in the services we're able to provide as well. Okay. What are the biggest benefits for you and being an entrepreneur here in Vancouver, BC? I want you to give us some of the good points about starting a company here, but I also want you to give us some of the tough things or challenges for our listeners so they can keep an eye out for them. The good things I feel is that because Vancouver is on the world scale, a relatively small city, I feel that you can, the circles are small. So if you were, it's very easy to get introduced to people. If you need it, it's very easy to become part of a networking group and feel that that networking group will actually serve you because the city is so connected with its people and its businesses that I felt very supported and one referral is very easy to find after another referral because again, the pieces are all very connected and it's a, it's a tight community if you're willing to participate in it. Um, as far as negative goes, I'm sure your other guests, well, I know your other guests have mentioned this. Um, it's very, it's standard. Vancouver is a very expensive city uh, to live in. So the downside to starting a business here that the first few years are when you start a business are not making huge corporate incomes, but you also have to find a way to survive in this city as well. So, but I am a big believer if you get what you pay for. And with Vancouver, I do believe that we get what we pay for. It is pretty spectacular and a privilege to live here. So, yeah, It truly is. And uh, speaking of Vancouver and the beauty of Vancouver, we do some of our best work outside the office. Is there a place in the lower mainland close to where you live or work where you like to go recharge or get inspired or just think about your business? And does it change with the season considering all the rain we get here? <laughs> all the rain. Um, I am a pretty competitive runner. So I get, I do a lot of recharging on the seawalls of Vancouver, especially along the North shore. And I, uh, the recharging happens. I'm an extrovert by nature. And so by working from my home office, most of the time, um, unless I'm meeting clients, I really find a lot of recharging happens when I'm running with other friends of mine who are in different businesses because I can bounce ideas off of them and we can work through a few different things about growth or conflict or change. And as a result, I am able to take that back and enjoy both the benefits of having exercise, but also the benefits of having colleagues without actually having an office where I can walk down the hall to deal with somebody. So, Okay. Now, I want you to imagine you've never been here before. If you were to start all over again, and you just moved here to Vancouver, BC, but this time you don't know anyone, knowing what you know now, what would you do, and how would you go about starting all over again as an entrepreneur? I would 
get a job first, a part-time job that might might either be in your industry or in the area that you want to work so you can familiarize yourself with a new community, a new group of people, and establish a new network. And also, of course, on a finance side, be able to fund your life. And because I'm a big believer that you can't do your best work when all you're thinking about is money and how you're going to get paid your next paycheck. So if you can alleviate some of that pressure for yourself, I think in any environment, an entrepreneur were to move in and try to start a new business, that might be helpful, even if it's just for the first few months. And I also think, as I mentioned earlier, Vancouver has some really good networking groups. And if you don't even know how to find those, I have found some very good ones, especially for females in business on Facebook. There's some really strong entrepreneurial and business groups on Facebook, and they meet often enough that I think it would be a great opportunity for somebody to go and meet these people and connect and and uh, you know, again, grow that network and grow your understanding of the community you're working in. Okay, we want to talk a little bit about your routine. You've given us a little hint about what that looks like, but what does the first hour look like for you when you get up in the morning? Do you have a specific routine or a ritual that helps you get motivated to start your day? I get pretty excited to wake up. I, I enjoy seeing all the new emails that have come through overnight. So I wake up um, anywhere between 5.30 and 7.30. If I'm working up, waking up at 5.30, it's normally to meet somebody for a workout and if the workout then happens, then I come home, I have a pretty standard, regular breakfast, egg and toast and coffee, and then I sit down at the computer and start going through my emails, and I prefer to, I try and do my best to respond to all the unread emails if I can make my way through it, and then I like to schedule a call as early as 8, my first call as early as 9 a.m., so I know that my day is moving with productivity right off the bat. And so I know that I extended past the hour that you asked me about, but that gives you a snapshot of my morning. Okay. Sounds good. Do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way or are wired differently? I think you can't be adverse to risk. I think I don't know anybody who has started their own business that is risk adverse. <laughs> um, but I don't know about, a, I haven't met any, any entrepreneurs that are any more weird than people who work in offices. There's a lot of weirdos in offices as well, but there is a certain amount of, um, you don't need the same amount of security that comes with perhaps working in a really stable, consistent work environment and some qualities that, the, the entrepreneurs that I know who are doing very well, the common characteristic of all of them is that they are hyper-driven. Um, lots of energy. Lot, yeah, lots of energy. And also they, there's, a, there's a, a, a deep motivation that they have to excel. And sometimes, and as, I've, as I have experienced working in various corporate um, environments, you will still get paid on any given day when you work in an office or work for someone else. So if you decide that that's just an off day or you're not feeling it or you don't like that the project that you're working on is fine, you do see people, there can be a slack and there can be a lack of motivation, but the entrepreneurs who are, who are like deep in them, motivated, they are every single day. If they're not making money, they have to find ways to make their business, make them money. So there's slack days are 
not are not for everybody. Um, I mean, so the entrepreneurs I know, like I said, are just deeply motivated, and they're not. They they know that Wednesday, if they're not feeling it, they still have to grind it out. Yeah, they got to keep at it. There's no question. Yeah, yeah, there's like somebody's like, oh well, that's nice. I mean, you work so hard, you worked a 12-hour day that way. You gotta have, you could take a rest, I suppose. And well, it does. Nobody's applauding me for working a 12-hour day. No one's like, great job, thanks for staying late. It doesn't doesn't get me anywhere career-wise if I pull a 12-hour day or a six-hour day. The important part is is that your job is getting done and you're able to move your business forwards. So. No one's giving out awards for longest and shortest work days in the entrepreneurial world. No, it, it goes with the territory. That's for sure. You're always on when you need to be. Okay. Yeah. What books are you reading now and why, or even audiobooks? And can you recommend any books for our listeners who are also aspiring entrepreneurs? Um, well, I'm going to take a little bit of a different turn on this because I know there's a lot. I get recommended loads of business books and motivational books. And quite frankly, the best for me, the way I learn best is to listen to people's stories versus be just told what statistics and reciting motivational quotes. So the books that I encourage other people to listen to are ones that are just have people who are great storytellers for anybody who's looking for a great audiobook it is very it's Tina Fey's bossy pants and she's written it and she narrates it and that is my that is my gateway to audiobook recommendation to everybody um i so i listen to a lot of different celebrity styled books because obviously we're moving into that side of our business now so i've been reading quite a few scripts that are being turned into movies. Um, and I, for shorter listening, a great podcast to listen to is desert Island discs through the BBC. And they interview everybody from physicists to athletes, to actors and musicians. And it's all centered around, uh, if they were to go be stranded on a desert Island, what would be the eight songs that they were to take with them? And what I find is those stories allow us to really, we're able to filter what's really interesting about their lives, the challenges that they've encountered, but all with a different lens than just somebody asking questions about what motivates them, for example. So Desert Island Discs is a, a, a sure thing for me. Okay. What online or offline tools do you like to use on a daily basis? Do you use Google Docs, Skype, anything like that? LinkedIn. I yeah I operate very heavily on Google and uh, social media. We're very active on that because that's where our clients are. So we are very active on Facebook and Instagram, and YouTube. And as far as productivity goes, I have found a great CRM because what happened as our client list has grown and we've got multiple projects with these clients going on, we needed a way to track this and. Uh, so I did a little bit of research and there's a program that's a plug-in to Google and it's called ProsperWorks. And it's a way that people are able to um, track clients, track their opportunities financially and fiscally and a way that you can track all of the communication you have with your clients. So I found it to be a big reliever of my calendar because I'm no longer writing notes to myself, be it call this person in two weeks and follow up with them because now prosper works is tracking all of that for me. Yeah. It sounds like a very good tool. I'm going to have to check that one out. 
That sounds very interesting. Okay, like we talked about earlier, Vancouver is a very, very beautiful place. Lots going on here, and it's a very outdoorsy place as well, very active. How do you balance work, and how do you relax and not even think about work? And what are your favorite activities to do here in BC? Do you ski, bike, kayak, golf, hike, or simply go for a drive? Yes, um, I... Well, I run, like I said, the the running part and the training for my races all take up a lot of my spare time, but which is in a, in the best way possible. Um, my stepdaughter, my husband, and I really enjoy skiing, so we try and get up to Whistler as often as possible. And that's, I mean, any entrepreneur who's suggesting that the work life balance piece is difficult and and they're too busy to ever have any balances. I've, I always squirm a little bit when I hear those types of phrases because that really is one of the best benefits to living in a city like Vancouver and having the flexibility of running your own business because I don't do it very often, but once in a while I have this hope that I'm going to get up to Whistler on a Wednesday instead of a Saturday. Yes, where the lines aren't long and this, the mountains are all yours. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about being an entrepreneur. Everyone thinks you're working all the time, but there are those times when, you know, when everyone else is at work and they're nine to five, when you can actually just scoot out and do whatever you need to, right? And uh, enjoy those skiing trips or going out and doing those activities, right? So. Yeah. And I'd be lying if I said that when I went to get our mail and have a meeting that I didn't take a little bit longer at the... Uh, you know, at the mall or at the grocery store than if I needed to be back within a certain time frame. So there is a nice there. It, it does feel like there can be buffer time, which is great. And then there's other days where you can't believe that you're still at your computer with your jacket on at 10 PM. So. Right. Right. If you weren't doing what you do now, what would you like to do for a profession? I would go back into healthcare communications I had one of the best parts of my career prior to moving in the direction that I have was when I worked for BC Transplant and we ran organ donation campaigns. A lot of it had to do with the team that I was working with at the time, but I have nothing but fond memories from that time. So I would go back and live that period of my career over again for as long as possible. no, No desire to be a tennis star? Oh, no, no. And I don't think my friends who will be listening to this would ever allow me to say anything <laughs> like that. I was not that good. Okay. So, what kind of a job would you not like to do? Couldn't do it. I don't think I could. I, I've been, it's been great because Madison and I, with our children's book, we've gone into different school environments um, and done workshops with them and read our book and talked them through how they too can write and publish a book. And the jobs that are the most remarkable to me and the ones that I feel every time I see them working feel I would never have the patience for are teachers, or teachers, elementary school teachers and um, special needs assistants. Those, the patience and the kindness that gets extended from those um, professionals is not something that I I don't think is in my wheelhouse of things that I would be able to do for very long. Okay. In business, what is your favorite word, quote, or sentence that you like to use? Um, I like to remind people that people aren't paying that close attention and 
no one's watching that carefully. So when people start worrying about, will anybody read my book or has this book already been written or what happens if I make a few posts on my social media that people don't like them? I like to remind people is that people aren't paying that close attention and it's not to, that's never meant to sound insulting. What it's meant to do is to sort of let the air out of that tense balloon already and just be reminded that you will have an audience, but it's okay if you screw up a little bit. It's okay if it doesn't work in your favor. No one's pay no one's looking for your flaws that carefully except for yourself. So no one's watching that carefully is what I like to remind people. Right. Okay. If you had to pick one or two words to describe yourself, what would it be and why? Hmm. I think my dad would probably tell me that I, or he would describe me as driven. And if I were to ask my husband, he would probably say that I'm honest. Okay. What keeps you up at night, if anything? Missed opportunities. Um, missed opportunities for work, I suppose, but... If I'm being very honest, if I'm being kept up by anything, it's probably my checklist of personal things that I haven't gotten around to. The work things, I don't stress very much. I feel very comfortable. At, I don't really take rest until I feel comfortable with how that the day has unfolded and if that the, that the work that I've needed to do has been done. This The real stress comes in is if I didn't have get the personal things in my life that needed to get done, done. That's what will keep me up. Okay, I want you to tell us about your top three things on your inspired life list. This could be a bucket list of some sort, whether you want to travel more, write more books, philanthropy, um, anything like that. Uh, traveling is always high on the list. I made a New Year's resolution probably five years ago that I said I wanted to travel to three new places every year. And I haven't not done it yet. And sometimes they're not exotic places. I went to Ender BBC once and I had no business being there, but it was on the way to something else and I hadn't been there. So I added that to the list and, or that might just be going to one of the Gulf islands here in Vancouver. So traveling is high on the list. I would like to see one of our books, uh, be turned into a movie. That would be a, a great, great accomplishment for us. And lastly, well, it's a good question. I toss up between things, but I think mostly it would be to um, have as much quality time with as many people as possible, but in the quality realm rather than the quantity. So not necessarily a big lifelong bucket list item because I'm working at doing that all the time, but it's something that I believe is important to maintain. So, so is that with family and friends or working associates? Family and friends. Yeah. yeah, it's I like like I said earlier, I'm an extrovert, so the more good conversations and the more listening I can do, the I feel the more enriched and energized I will be. Okay. Do you have any advice that you may have received that you can pass on to entrepreneurs throughout BC? Um keep trying, keep keep yeah, keep trying and be reminded that not necessarily the ask for help when you're overwhelmed piece, but when I say ask for help is 
if you don't have the answers, find somebody who does have the answers to partner with. So for example, I am not a book editor. I am not an editor I, of by any stretch of the definition, but I, w- I have great partners who are. And I, as a result, the business is able to flourish because we play to everyone's strengths. They don't enjoy the business. They don't enjoy the marketing components of it, but they are able to make our clients' books way better than something I would ever be able to do had I decided to take a crack at it by myself. So as you're building your business, make sure you're partnering with people and asking for help or pulling, you know, pulling favors or asks of people when they know more than you, because there is always going to be somebody who knows more than you in certain areas. So go after those people and get their support. Okay, Megan, are you ready to have some fun? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, as we were talking earlier, uh, entrepreneurs are pretty busy people and we're always connected, but we're going to take you away from all that. There's a small tropical island just off of Fiji that only has one phone booth there and there is no internet. This place does actually exist. We're going to drop you off there. You won't have a computer or smartphone or tablet. You can use the phone booth located there anytime to call the boat. We'll come pick you up. How long would you last before you made that call? And what would you do while you were there? I got a logistics question for you. Are there other people on this island? Ah, well, you have to find out. I mean, it's a pretty okay. big. It's All a pretty right. big. It's a pretty big island. Ah, so big island. Okay, we're dropping it. you so off there. Presumably, if there's a phone booth, there's going to be other people. That's okay, correct. so I would probably spend two to five days exploring the island. Two days if there's nobody. Five days if there's other people and there's restaurants and a whole cultural experience to enjoy. So two to five days. But if there's nobody else, I'm going to be pretty lonely and I'm bringing two books. And once I'm done, one of them, most likely I'm going to call it quits and bring in (laughs) the other people. So I'll have to be picked up after that period of time. So so two days. And if there's other people there and lots going on, you're sticking around. Yeah, five days. Otherwise you're out. Okay, cool. Okay, we're going to wrap things up. How can our listeners get hold of you? And is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us today? Uh, nope, but I would like, well, I guess there is. My one reminder to everybody is that if writing a book is on your bucket list, it is absolutely possible and it's absolutely possible to do it within a reasonable um low budget. If you have the right team on board, it is absolutely possible to become a published author and you could probably do it within the year if you're determined enough to do it. So for those of, for anybody who's on the fence, please get in touch with us because we'd be more than happy to just chat you through the process. And for anybody who has a draft sitting in their desk drawer and they don't know what to do with it, we hope that we can encourage you to pull that draft out and we can actually make it a book for you um, in up to from six months to a year. And the best way to get a hold of us is everywhere, whether it's on social media or on website, it's just where we can find us at the self-publishing agency. And that's about it. Yeah. So even if they've got a concept for a book, they've got a draft, they've got uh, some thoughts they want to put together, you walk them through that process. Is that right? Absolutely. So whether it's an idea for a children's book, you've got a collection of poetry, or you're writing a memoir, we will walk you through whether you're in the never touched 
this book has just been an idea or we or we can start working with you once your book is drafted entirely. But our process and our coaching with you is tailored for all of those stages. But we ensure that whether it's an idea or an actual print of something, we can help make that dream of becoming an author a reality. And they could become a fam- famous author like J.K. Rowling or something like that. You just never know, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, and you never know. Some of the, like, we've got... A couple clients who have just seen extraordinarily success, extraordinarily extraordinary success, um, that they never it opened doors for them that they never knew were available to them until becoming an author and have done extraordinarily well just in their careers and how it supported them and the opportunities that have come afterwards. Great. Okay. Well, I encourage any of our listeners to definitely get in touch with Megan. I'm sure she can show you the way and how that is all done. And I'm sure it's a great experience working with you. Oh, thank you for saying that. Okay. Okay, Megan. Thanks for coming on the show. I've learned a lot about you and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Thanks so much, Robert. I've been, I'm so happy to be on the show. I listened to it. So it's nice to be a guest. Yes. Well, thank you so much. You've been a great guest. Okay. Thanks so much, Robert. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Hey there, thanks for taking the time to listen to the VancouverEntrepreneur.ca podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes. And then connect with us on Twitter at Van City Podcast and like us on Facebook. And you'll get all the latest news, including the BC Weekly Business Report, where you can find out more about what's going on in this fabulous province of ours. See you next time. Bye.